That's the most important thing. That's what we're here for, the presence and his word. Amen. Right now, uh, I would like to introduce Griselda, Pastor Griselda, my wife. She's going to come up and testify. Let's give her a hand. Amen. God is so good. I just wanted to share that it has been nine years since I have given my life to the Lord, and my life has never been the same since. God has truly set my feet on solid ground and never, ever, ever taken my eyes off of him because he's been so good and faithful to me. He took me from a person who had no purpose, no plans, um, wandering around in circles with life and just set my eyes on him and allowed me to see life in a whole new light. Um, and purpose, I just want to emphasize that God gives purpose and he's always provided for everything that I've ever needed. So today I am a pastor, I am a wife, I am a mother. I mean, God, talk about complete change, something I never thought I could have. Amen, he is so good. And I just want to share this scripture, something that God has always spoken to me and just allowed me to see him as such a good father. Um, if you're in this place and you never had a good father, um, God's not like that. He, he provides. He's there for you. He never fails. And the scripture just speaks volumes to me. It's Luke uh, 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And so I want to encourage you this morning as God has revealed himself to me as a good father, I pray that he would reveal himself to you this morning as you come and, and you enter into worship and the word and, and just prayer that you would sense his love the same way that God showed me nine years ago that he would reveal himself to you as well so let's pray for the service now father we thank you so much for your mercy and grace that was revealed through your son jesus christ in my life and i pray that that would be received today in the hearts of every person in this room i pray that they would see you as a god who provides as a god who nurtures and cares and intervenes when we're going down the wrong path i pray in the name of jesus for your power to be made known in this service and that your name would be lifted high in jesus name i pray and everybody said amen Good morning, church. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, say this after me. I was made for love. Come on, I want to hear you say, I was made for love. Oh, we got to wake up this morning. Someone say, I was made for love. We were made for love. For I was made 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 for love. Come on, sing that after me. I was made. I was made for 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 I was made. Come on, sing one more time. I was made. I was made for I was made for I was made. No one else. No one else can love you like I love you, Lord. Cause I was made unique in your heart. I was made to bring you. For no one else. No one else can love you like I love you, Lord. Cause I was made unique in your heart. I was made to bring you. We'll see you. No one else.
have a purpose Now I have a destiny You made me for your glory You made me for your glory Now I have a purpose Now I have a destiny You made me for your glory You made me for your glory
come to you, Lord. Come. Singing, you are the source.
our voice to the heavens right now in prayer and worship. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come have your way, come have your way, Lord. Come have your way, come have your way,
There's healing in this place. There's restoration in this place. I want to share a testimony just yesterday. It's personal. Just yesterday, the Lord healed me from hip pain. I'm going to share you the story. For the past two years, I've been having snapping hip, and I can make my hips snap. But over the past several months, the pain has becoming, there was no pain, now there is pain. And it was around my hip area, and certain positions made it hurt. It was sore, so I wouldn't stand like that. And I, my pastors would know I've had prayer for this previously when people would come in and, and pray, and the pain would still be there. And um, just yesterday, there was a live stream of something called Azusa's Now. I think it's 110 or 105 years ago, there came a, a, an anointing of the Lord with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to a, a man by the name of William Seymour. And so that was the whole premise of celebrating that, that God's not done with America. And here are these pastors coming up, and I just had the live stream on, and I was listening to the worship, I was enjoying it, I'm in my kitchen cleaning, and... Um, I just remember Bill Johnson just sharing testimonies of people being healed. And this is not fabricated. This is not something that, oh, there's healing to make you guys feel excited. People were being healed. People were getting out of wheelchairs, ears opening, okay, blind eyes being opened. And I'm thinking to myself, here I am in my kitchen. I was like, man, I prayed for my hip. You know, maybe it's a small thing. It's nothing big. And I remember, I was like, you know what? No, God, you can do it. So there I was. One hand in, 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 the, uh, in the sink as I was washing dishes, and then Bill, Bill Johnson says, he says, listen, if you he came here for healing, if you want God to do something in your life, God's not done with you. And he just had people lay hands on the people in the stadium. And there I was, I just took my hand and placed it over my hip. I said, Jesus, heal me. And I had one hand in the sink and one hand on my hip. I was just like, God, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. I got stuff to do. And I stopped. I was like, no, 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 no. Because they kept praying and I was encouraged, like, no, put the dish down. I looked towards the live stream. I said, Jesus, heal me. I believe you can heal me. I was just praying. I was waiting for a word. Nothing happened. A couple moments later, I started to stretch the thing. And there was no pain. I'm gonna tell you something. I've had that pain for a while. That day, yesterday, I went to the doctor and they gave me a note to get physical therapy. They said, maybe if you get it stronger. So they gave me a prescription to go get physical therapy to take away the pain. It would hurt when I sleep on my side, my wife knows. And then when I get at home, I'm stretching the thing and I would feel and even it's tender to the touch. But I'm going to tell you something. When I got down after I was praying, I did everything I could to make the pain come back because it was easy for me to recreate it. I know exactly what movement would hurt. And I'm telling you the truth that Jesus took my pain. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Come on. Does anybody have faith in this place? Come on, with all eyes closed and hands raised. I just believe that right now. God, I just pray for everyone here. Come on, if there's a pain in your body, come on, if there's an ailment that you have, 
I just want you to raise your hands or place your hand over the part as I pray for you. It's nothing special. There's no formula. It's just Jesus. He's a good father and he wants to heal you. Come on right now. Jesus, I pray right now, God, that everyone in here, God, with the sound of my voice would be healed. Father God, from injuries that might have happened, Father God, from broken hearts, whatever it is, physical pain, emotional pain, we pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Come on, Jesus, now we pray for healing right now. God, would you come and touch their body in Jesus' name. God, that you will receive the glory. By your stripes, we are healed. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Come on. Just begin to lift your voice in praise. Come on, because he's good. Jesus, you're good. Hallelujah, you're good. You still heal, oh Lord. You still heal, oh Lord. Oh, oh. You still heal, oh Lord. You still heal, oh Lord. Oh. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. If that is you in this room, I want us to continue in this attitude of prayer and worship and seeking God. But if you need healing, I want you to come forward today. I feel like God wants to release a healing anointing in this place. You come and you come by faith to believe for God to do the impossible. And it is not by our strength. It is not by our power. But it is by the Spirit of God. And I want you to come forward out of your seat to believe for a big God. To do a big thing. To do a big impossibility in your life. Because church, we have to be hungry for the miraculous. We have to be desperate for God to move. Desperate for God to heal. Whether it's a broken heart, a broken bone, whether it's AIDS or cancer, a migraine, whatever it is, there's healing in the house of God today. So as the band leads us out, I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. I want you to lift up your hands and say, Jesus, rescue me from this affliction. Rescue me from this pain. Come on. I need you, Jesus. Let's sing it out. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. Jesus, there is no 
under heaven given to us, O oh God, by which we can be Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over every single person in this room, especially those that have come up for healing. I stand with you for healing in my ankle. I prayed for the pain to go away. I've prayed for the swelling to be gone, to be gone. I prayed for the muscles to come back to strength. I pray for alignment. I pray that when I walk, I don't have to walk with the lamp, that I won't even need physical therapy because my God is my therapist and my God is my healer. And I speak healing in this place in Jesus' name. He died. Listen, if this is new for you, we're giving glory to our Jesus because he died so that we can live on the cross. He shed his blood for our sins and our sicknesses and our sorrows. And we believe there is power in the blood of Jesus today. There is no other God like God, our God. There is no psychic that you could go to that will give you the answers that you're looking for. Every single answer, every single thing you're looking for in this world is found in Jesus. In him there is the fullness of joy. In him there is the fullness of peace. In him there is wisdom and knowledge and understanding. No one can fathom his understanding. But the Bible says that when we tap into him, we tap into the mysteries of the knowledge of Christ. And I want you to be hungry today for God because he moves when the people of God are desperate. When you're desperate for his presence, he's gonna show up. When he's truly all that you want and he's truly all that you know that you need in his life, he will come. So church, I want you to lift up your hands this morning and lift up your voices and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in your own words, come on. We can make our own song unto the Lord. Let us become even more undignified than this. Woo! Hallelujah. Some of you guys need to dance. There's some of you guys that need to shout. Some of you need to run around this building right now. Some of you need to jump up and down. Come on. Whatever it takes for your breakthrough. Jesus is here. of our faith. Woo! The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Woo! You are glorious. You are beautiful. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Come on, let's just soak in his presence for a few more moments here. His presence is real. 
it is tangible. You can touch it. You can reach out and touch it. God, we want another outpouring of the Holy Ghost over America. Let it be fresh. Let it be new again like it was 110 years ago, God. Holy Spirit, you never left. If you're hungry, if you don't speak in tongues, you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands. Come on. Holy Spirit, we know that you are here, that you are moving. Baptize your people in fire again, oh God. We know that you are coming. You're coming soon, Jesus. Use us to win Chicago, Lord. Use us, oh God, to be a wildfire that spreads to every corner of the city, to every corner of America. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are good. We have tasted and seen your goodness, oh God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. our healer. You all may be seated this morning. Praise God. Whew, how many of you guys love to be in the presence of the Lord? Oh, there's nothing like being with Jesus. But we want to welcome you guys all to Metro Praise International. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good for those that may not know who I am, my name is Nancy Wyrostic. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. And at this time, we want to preach the gospel to you, a gospel message of the saving power of Jesus. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. This is good. And that statement right there is referring to the few verses before that the apostle Paul is writing to Timothy in this letter, and he's telling him, Pray for everybody. Pray for everybody because this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Say knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind and that man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Somebody say, now is the time. I want to let you guys know that you've been prayed for this morning. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never been born again, you've never fully surrendered your life to Christ, I want to let you know that now is the time. Because the Bible says in this passage of Scripture that God wants all people to be saved, all to come to the knowledge of the truth. And if you are not in right standing with God, if you have not repented of your sin and allowed the blood of Jesus to wash you clean and to turn from your ways, you are not in the knowledge of the truth. You are living in a lie and you are believing a lie. And the Bible says that we must pray for you. And I want you to know that you've come to a praying church. You have friends and family here who have been praying for you to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth because we all only have one God. 
And that mediator that stands before us and God the Father is Jesus. And we cannot go to God the Father except but through him. Because he's the one that died and became our ransom. Which means he paid a price for our penalty, for our crime, our rebellion against God. And it's only through the blood of Jesus that you could come and be washed and be cleaned. Somebody say, now is the time. With all eyes closed all across this room, I want you to think about your life. And I want you to think about how you've been living it. And if it's, been, if it's been in complete rejection of God's commands, if you've been your own God, you've been doing your own thing because you feel like you either have time and God can make you want to live for him if he wants to, or you just feel like you don't need to. I pray that today you will feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and get right with God because the Bible says today is a day for salvation. Today is the day to get right with God because we're not promised tomorrow. Lord Jesus, I lift up every single person in this room who is not right with you. They have not been born again, made a new creation on the inside. I pray that today they would humble themselves before you, bend their knee towards heaven and say, God, rescue me, save me, make me new, wash me clean. And I pray that today would be their spiritual birthday, a new life, living for you, it is your loving kindness that draws all men to repent. And I pray that today your loving kindness would be lavished over your people. They would repent before you and say, what must I do to be saved? And all they got to do is come to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you meant business with Jesus and you know that that prayer was for you and you either prayed it or you want somebody to pray with you, during the fellowship time, in just a few moments, we're going to have these prayer workers right here, Pastor Jared and Pastor uh, and Lada. They will pray for you. So I want you to come, be encouraged to come and receive prayer and get right with God and find out how you can get involved in the church and be discipled. Amen. At this time, we want to confess our confession of faith. The reason why we do this at MPI is because this is our Christian worldview. Somebody say Christian worldview. This is the lens in which we see the world around us, and it's all, it's all based on Scripture. We're not the only ones that believe it. All of our Christian brothers and sisters around the world believe this. So if we want to, let's unite with them this morning on the count of three, and let's confess this together. One, two, three. I believe in one God and Creator, who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible, God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, for the glory of God alone. Amen. Stand up to your feet if you believe that. Praise the Lord. Spend some time meeting people that you don't know. Give them a handshake or a hug. We thank you all for joining us this morning. As distant hearts begin believing Redemption's big
Give it up for Jesus, who excited to be at church this morning. Make some noise. Clap it up. Look to your neighbor. Say, it's so good to see you here. Look to your other neighbor. Say, come back next week. We welcome you guys all to Metro Praise International. Thank you for joining us this morning. Our services here are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. So we have King's Kids in the back for our children, infant to 11 years old. And we also have Elevate Fridays at 7 p.m. every week for our youth. That's for students 11 to 18 years old. So if you have teenagers, please bring them on by. Young people, keep inviting your friends. We're so excited about what God is doing in Elevate with our youth team. God is doing awesome things. So we just thank the Lord for that. Here at Metro Praise, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. Somebody say vision. How many of you guys like having vision? Maybe some of us don't have 2020 vision, but how many of you guys are happy that your eyes give you vision? Come on. So the church has a vision, and our vision here is loving God and loving people. Those are the two greatest commandments that Jesus said we can live our life by. And then we have a strategy. Say strategy. Our strategy is to connect you, to mentor you, and to send you. We connect you in this church uh, through our life groups. And so we are so thankful for all the leaders that we have that open up their homes and, and lead at certain times to really bless your life and give you a place to go and build fellowship. Then we want to mentor you through the 101 and 201 books that we have. And then we want to send you out to do evangelism, to preach the gospel to the lost. And our goal here at MPI is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Doesn't that get you excited? Somebody, I guess not. I guess it doesn't make them excited. Come on. Somebody say connect. Here is the schedule for this week of our life groups. If you turn your handout around, you'll see the schedule for the whole quarter, April, May, and June. 
Uh, here's a snapshot of what's happening this week. So today we have our single moms meeting. Childcare is always provided at that life group. They're meeting today at 5.30. So if you're a single mom, come on out. Join them there at that address. Bring a friend with you. Wednesday, we have our King's Kids, infant to 11 years old, meeting here at the church at 6.30 every week. We have boys clubs and girls clubs. They're, uh, they're just having such an awesome time. We have the best uh, children's workers, and it's really a wonderful time for your children to memorize scripture and, and uh, just earn different badges and things. It's such a fun thing to do for them and really grow in their knowledge of God. Then Thursday, we have our gang outreach, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. What, what? <clears throat> Come on. Every week on Fridays, we have two adult Bible studies, one at the Govea's house. The other one is at the Walker's house, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. And Saturday, the Ambassadors Youth Life Group. Give it up for the Ambassadors. 11 to 18 years old, they meet at 1 p.m. So just so much awesome things to get involved in just in this week alone. Then we want to mentor you. Somebody say mentor. We have a 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. This is done one-on-one -on -one with one of our leaders. They want to just bless your life and really walk through this journey of you living for Jesus. When you graduate 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples, where we train you up to be a leader in the church of God. Then we want to send you out. Somebody say send. We want to send you out to do evangelism. Every Saturday from 5 to 8, we hit the streets, preach the gospel. If you want to learn how to do that, if you want to be trained by the best, we have our Marines out there. We call them our Marines for Jesus. They will teach you how to do it. Be bold for your faith. The Bible says be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. So that's your training ground. Join them on Saturdays. God is doing awesome things in the streets of Chicago. And so in recap, MPI has a vision, a strategy, a goal, a vision of loving God, loving people, a strategy to connect you, to mentor you, and to send you out, and a goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Let me get a hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Who's excited about giving their tithes and offerings this morning? Come on. God is faithful. We are to be faithful to him. Here at MPI, we believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. And then we designate offerings towards missions and towards uh, building. And so we just want to thank you all for your generosity and just really putting God first and understanding that when we when we you know, give towards God's kingdom. He's going to take care of our business. So let's get into the lesson for today. We are on section two of the book. So we've gotten past the first section from the beginning of the year. We're on section two, and it's all about giving your offerings. And lesson one is today, offerings come after the tithe. Definition of offering is the offering is a gift to God after our tithes. We're going to be reading from Malachi 3.8. You can follow along on the screen with us and read that passage of scripture. Malachi 3.8, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? And that's the Lord speaking to his people. It's very plain and simple. When we do not give in tithe and offerings, we are robbing God. Let's read the three main points from that verse. Number one. Jewish offerings. God gave the Jewish people many different ways to give offerings for various reasons, but they never replaced the tithe. And you could read Leviticus chapters 1 through 4. The offerings were always considered something above and extra from the tithe. And that is an amount between you and the Lord. And we have to be sensitive to what that is and what he wants us to give. Number two, offerings for the Christian. Today's Christians should be faithful to give their tithe and seek God for wisdom and giving their offerings to advance the kingdom of God upon the earth. We get the privilege and the honor to be a co-laborer with Christ. 
excuse me, partner with him to advance his kingdom here through our finances. And number three, not giving offerings is also considered robbing God. Just like how not giving the whole tithe is considered robbing God, the same is true with not giving your offerings. Though the Bible does not give you a set amount to give in offerings, you are to be mature enough in prayer to be led by God to give what he puts on your heart. And that's why we have to have a relationship with Jesus because it comes through our heart for God where we are able to be generous and give with a cheerful heart because those are the types of givers that the Lord loves. And let's read this summary. Offerings are extra gifts given to God that are to be taken serious and should be given joyfully. How many joyful givers do I have this morning? Come on. Let's apply this to our life in three ways. Number one, be a faithful tither. Number two, pray and seek God for what to give in offerings. And number three, be faithful in giving your offerings to God. This is all an act between you and the Lord, and he will bless you for it. Let's confess this over our life together. If you guys notice, we are in a new section, so this is going to be a new confession that we're going to be saying every week now for the next 14 weeks. Are you guys ready? One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. If you're ready to give this morning, please stand up to your feet as we prepare to give God our very best. Again, MPI believes that a tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. We designate our offering towards missions and building, and we love the mission field. We love... Uh, you know, supporting what God is doing here in the city by making this building look good. So we just thank you all for your generosity and partnering with us. Here are four ways that you could give. Number one, in the bucket in the bucket during the offering time. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes there in the back. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You, you could ask Pastor Griselda if you have any questions about that today. And number four, online, you could use Chase QuickPay, PayPal, or BillPay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Isn't that awesome? Very convenient, easy to use. Let's recite this verse together. Philippians 4.18, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness, God, and we in turn will be faithful to you. We thank you for the honor and the privilege to be co-laborers with you, God, that through our finances we can, we can advance the kingdom of God on this earth. I pray that you bless the gift and the giver, bless them on their jobs, give them increase, promotions, favor, raises, God. I pray that they would be the very best in all that they do and that your goodness and your favor and your mercy would follow them all the days of their life. And Lord, we believe that you would pour out, that you will pour out a blessing upon us, that we won't have room to receive it as we give faithfully and cheerfully and joyfully unto you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Please come forward as you give this morning, and we thank you so much for your generosity.
right, all right. How many are ready for a baby dedication? Come on, Chicagoans. You guys can handle this weather and not come to church all sad. Come on, how many of you guys ready for a baby dedication? Make some noise. Don't let the weather dictate you. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited. I really mean it. So I want to call up today the special, the special ones that are going to be dedicating their babies. Nancy and Brandon Pacheco, would you guys please come? With Liani, come stand up here. Look at little cute Liani. Hello, and how are you doing? <laughs> oh, she's so cute. How are you doing, Mom? I'm good, doing good. Awesome. And how old is Liani? Uh, a year and a half. Oh, wow. Look at her. Look at her. And how are you doing? Good, good. Provided for the family, working hard? Yes, sir. And I know both of you work hard, you know, but the man's got to be the man. You're going to raise her up, right? Yes, I am. You're going to protect her? Yes. You own a gun? Not yet, but I will. You going to get one? <laughs> you know how that works. Be cleaning it when the guys come over. Hey, just cleaning my shotgun. Just cleaning it. You know, we love baby dedications here, and the Pacheco family are so special to us. Good to see all of them here today, and we've dedicated so many of their children, and uh, I think one of them is catching up with us. Um, how many do you have now, uh, Eric? How many? Five. Okay, so you have passed us. I'm getting my fifth in the oven, so you have passed us. Uh, and it's just a wonderful family, and we're so thankful for you guys. We're so thankful, Brandon and Nancy, that you, uh, you came here today and let us dedicate beautiful Liani. Uh, I'm going to ask Nancy to come up. I'm going to have her hold Liani, and then we'll say a scripture here. Let's put it up as uh, Nancy is coming. My, my Nancy, not to confuse it with your, Nan uh, your Nancy, just Nancy. Sorry. Anyways, I think you guys are about the same height, though. I don't know. Let's see which Nancy is taller. Let's see. Oh, she's got heels on. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, okay. Turn, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 14. And is it okay if Nancy holds her? She'll, I, I think she'll handle it better than me today. I'm sometimes not good with babies. Look at you with your little rhinestones. You got the bling on. So what we do as pastors is we pray for the children, and you guys join with us. How many of you have been around for a baby dedication before? Some of you? Most of you? Okay. Well, she's not working with Nancy either. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Maybe I'll try next. Maybe you'll like pastor, okay? We'll try one more time. One more time. Uh, look at this scripture, Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 14 and onward. Do we have it up? Because that's where we want to look at it says that uh, there was a time when Jesus actually walked the earth. And I think sometimes we forget that Jesus was a real person, really walking the earth, eating food, hanging out with people. And when Jesus was doing that, everybody wanted the kids to be around him. They're like, Jesus, pray for my kids, pray for my kids, because that would be really awesome. You're the son of God. You, you kind of got a good word in that heaven, and we want you to remember our kids, you know. And uh, that's amazing. I know I would be doing the same thing. I'd be bringing all my kids to Jesus. But look at this. People began to be indignant. They began to say, no, no, Jesus is too busy. Just back up to that verse 13. People began to say, no, Jesus is, you know, he's really important. He's got way too many things to do. And, and, and the disciples rebuked them. See, people were bringing their children to Jesus, and, and the disciples said, no, no, he's too busy. Now look at this. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Everybody say indignant. That means that he was mad. That means he was like, no, 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 no. We're never too busy for this. We're never too busy for this, guys. We're never too busy in our services to thank God for these beautiful children, to pray for our moms and dads. We're never too busy. 
That's, that's what Jesus created us for, was to be fruitful and multiply. And how many are, are happy today? That's a blessing of the Lord. Be fruitful and multiply. It is good. It is good to find the wife of your youth. Amen. And be satisfied with her always. And women, to find your machismo man, your macho, macho man. He's a macho, macho. And that's what you are, right? You know you're a macho man. I don't know if you sing it like that, but you're a macho man. And, and then the Bible says this. Jesus taught us these words, and I hope I never get tired of reading them or hearing them. He said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. That's why we can always be at peace if there's ever a loss of a child or something that happens tragically in children, that God loves all the children, red and yellow, black and white, doesn't matter what part of the world they're from. And yet the Bible goes on to another scripture, and just let me get there quickly, and everybody turn there as well. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs chapter 22. And by the way, if you didn't notice, we've got some babies up in this church, if you did not notice. So I think the baby dedications will be running on now for the next six months nonstop. And I uh, just want to let you know that we love keeping the command to be fruitful here. But this is what we love to do, I think, maybe just as much, just as much as the part of making babies, and that's raising babies to be men and women of God, right? We should love that just as much because as the old saying goes, a boy can have sex and make a baby, but it takes a man to raise the baby to be a grown person, right, to be a good child, right? And it's the same thing with a woman. It, it could be a girl that can have sex and be wilding out, but it takes a woman to be a mother, takes a man to be a father. And look at what the scripture says. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when, they were old, and when they're old, they will not turn away. So can we pray today for Leonie that she will be a good girl? Come on, let's see. Come to pastor. You come to pastor. And let's see if she'll serve Jesus all the days of her life. She knows the Lord is here. Let us pray while she is good. Right now, Lord, we thank you today for Liani. We pray that you bless her. We pray, God, that you will increase her physically and maturely and spiritually every day. Let her grow up to be an awesome woman of God. Let her know you and love you. Let her be a leader among her friends, God. Give her safety and protection, oh God. And, Lord, let her have wisdom to accomplish great things for you, Lord. And then, God, we also pray for mom and dad today. Lord, we pray that as they raise this wonderful baby, God, that you will bless them, strengthen them. May they get married. May they live for you as husband and wife, Lord. And may they do what's right, God, and bless their job and bless them with wisdom. And may they teach the child, God, how to live for you by setting that example. In Jesus' name. And everybody. Everybody said, amen. 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 Let's give it up for this family. Amen. Why don't you guys come stand in front right here? Let's stand up together. We're going to put on a little bit of party music. You guys stand right here. We don't normally get to do this because we dedicate like 20 babies at once, so you guys face them. We're going to get some party music ready, and we're going to let you guys come and shake their hands and take some pictures. So put on some music, and let's welcome our new family here today. Dun, dun, dun. Come on from your seats. Come, somebody shake their hand. Come on, you guys. There you go. Party music didn't happen. Help me, DJ. Thank you for that awkward moment.
Thanks for all the friends and family that came today. I know you guys came deep. I know you came deep. Let's open up our Bibles to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Thank you, DJ. Thank you for that awkward moment that went away. Let's give it up for DJ Ski, Ski, Ski in the back. That's what we call him, DJ Ski, Ski. For his last name, Sayin Ski, Ski, Ski. He's DJ Ski. Okay, open up your Bibles with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. We are in a new sermon series for the month of April, hopefully for all of spring, if not for summer, and it's called Spiritual Growth. And how many want to have a spring in Chicago? Can I get an amen? We want a spring. It's like we just want to send up all of our prayers, Lord. We want a spring, please. You know, yesterday it was like 38 degrees, but it was sunny. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to go kayaking. But then I was thinking to myself, but it's 38 degrees. And, but then there was another thought, but it's sunny. And then it's like, but it's 38 degrees, and kayaks go in water, and water is cold. But then I was like, it's sunny. And then I went out kayaking because the sunny one, the sunny one right now. So I'm just believing, God, that we can have both. For I want to see sunny and warm because today is going to be a little warmer but not sunny. And I want to see sunny and warm for like four days in a row. How many want to see that? Like if we just get that, then I'll just be like we have a spring. Just sunny, warm, four days in a row, and that would be like heaven on earth for me. And uh, those of you who have lived in other parts of the country or other parts of the world with tropical weather, I used to live in New Orleans, you know, you miss it because you're like, it's supposed to be warm right now. It's supposed to be doing stuff. But then again, when I lived in New Orleans, it was supposed to be snowing during Christmas, but I had my air conditioning on. Did anybody uh, live in a warm climate for Christmas time? You know, it's not the same. So you got trades off. You know, you got trade off what you, what you really want. But I love Chicago because I love it for more than just the weather. I love the people. Look at your neighbor, smile real big, and say, I'm glad you're here this morning. If I don't get a chance to greet you this morning, somebody has smiled at you and told you, I'm glad you're here. Today we're going to be learning about how growing is knowing and showing. Everybody say, growing is knowing and showing. So you're going to learn today that when we come to Christ, that we're made new creations. When we're born again, we're really made a new person on the inside, and God wants us to grow up. And when we grow up, what it looks like is us knowing God more and showing the outside world what God is doing to us and through us on the inside. So every one of us here should have a in, inner new man that is growing and showing the world how awesome God is. Now look with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read the whole passage here, 11 verses. How many can handle 11 verses in the Bible? Y'all can handle the Bible in church? Okay, because well, we're going to read the Bible here, okay? Here we go. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of God our Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So Peter's starting a letter. He's writing to these people. He's telling them who he is. He's like, man, I'm Simon Peter. I'm a servant. That means he's always doing what's right and serving God. And he says, I'm also an apostle of Jesus Christ. And that means he's in charge of some stuff. Apostles start and oversee, excuse me, start and oversee churches. 
And then he says, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. So how many think Peter had some faith when he walked on water? After Peter betrayed Jesus, how many think he had some faith not to quit and hang himself like Judas? To take his licking and keep on ticking, that took some faith not to give up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Amen. And then how many believe he had some faith on the day of Pentecost to start the church by preaching and teaching the things of God? Now, guess what? It got to be so awesome with that man's faith that his shadow began to heal sick people. He even saw a dead person raised. Peter began to do awesome things. Sadly, he never became a pope. He was just a disciple like everybody else. He doesn't say Simon Peter, a pope and a pimp. He doesn't say that. Hello? He doesn't say Simon Peter, a man who dresses up like mother and people call him father and he has a funny pointy hat. No, he says Simon Peter, a what? A servant. So what should all disciples be? servants like Peter and an apostle, and there was many apostles, we know them, Matthew and, and um, John and the others' disciples were apostles too. But now watch, it says that you guys have received a faith as precious as ours. So do you think that Peter had some precious faith? Can I hear an amen? amen. Guess what? If you're in Christ today, you've received the precious faith of, of Peter, the same kind of faith. There's not a Peter kind of faith and a your kind of faith and a me kind of faith. No, there's only one kind of faith, and that's a precious faith. And Peter had it, and you have it today. One kind of faith. How many have the faith of Peter today? How many have the faith of Jesus today? You see, because it says, Who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received faith as precious as ours. That means you can do in your life whatever God has told you to do, just how Peter did whatever God told him to do. Your life and Peter's life may be different, but you have the same faith to accomplish what God put before you to do. God said for Peter to do these things, and he said, here's the faith that it will take to do it. And Peter said, I receive it, and I'll do it. And God's looking at your life going, hey, I want you to do these things, and here's the faith that you can do it. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now the next thing is where I love these next verses here. It says, his divine power, talking about Jesus Christ, his divine power has given us everything we need for a what? Godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the what? Divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Here's the question. Have you escaped the world and its evil desires, or are you still caught up in the world, chained up by the devil? I like to say it like this. You were born naughty by nature, but born again in divine nature. If you're still in your naughty nature and have not been born again in the divine nature, you are chained to your own sinful desires. You are chained to the evil within your soul. The temptations you face will overcome you and capture you. But if you call out on Jesus to be born again, as he said in John 3, 3, to be born of the Spirit, to have a spiritual life transformation, it's not reincarnation, you don't get a second chance, this is it, you only choose here to serve God, not after death, as everybody with me. Born again happens in this life, and if you are, you are born in the divine nature. Is anybody here in the divine nature? How many of you are still in your naughty nature? No, I'm kidding, but we know some people, don't we? They're still naughty. We know some people in traffic, they're still naughty. 
Maybe somebody has a boss tomorrow they're going to work for them. They're still naughty. Maybe you have an employee or a customer that's naughty. But here's the thing Christ says to us, to be born again in the divine nature and escape the world, escape the flesh, escape your evil desires. And doesn't that sound like Jesus' prayer? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How many like to see movies where the good guys win? I like to see movies with the good guys. When I put a little review of Batman versus Superman on my Facebook, if you have time, you can look at that. I won't take our time here to do that. But I'll tell you this. I love watching the good guys win. And there's a lot of movies where the good guy has to rescue somebody, right? They have to rescue them. They're caught by the bad guy. The bad guy's going to hurt them. There's going to be just pain and suffering. And then dun da 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 here comes the good guy, right? How many just, come on, how many still have like a child on the inside of them and they love seeing that happen? They love seeing the bad guy get punched, thrown off the cliff or whatever happens. Well, I want to tell you today, Jesus came to rescue from the devil. He came to rescue you from your own evil desires. He came to storm in on that horse and set you free. Do not say today, I am still chained up by the devil and I'm locked up. They won't let me out. Don't keep saying that because Jesus came to let you out. Don't say that you can't stop sinning. Jesus came to rescue you. Come on. That's what it means to live in the divine nature. Now for this reason, because Jesus Christ came to give us a divine nature to have us escape and get away from the evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Remember, we got precious faith, just like Peter's. No different. Same kind of faith. We need to add to that faith goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, everybody say increasing measure. Thank you. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted in what? Blind, thank you, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. So is there such a thing as a backslider, somebody that once used to have faith like Peter, believed in God, and then they set it down and go off and do something else? Yes. As the old song goes, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, et cetera. But you can also go from being see, a seen to going to be blind. You can also go from being found to being lost again. Because if your faith, the faith that God gave you is so precious, if you don't increase and add things to that faith, you can die in your spiritual walk. What's not growing in Christianity is dying. What is not living is dead. And I want to ask you today, are there some of you that started off with a precious faith, just like Peter. You came to church. You said, I believe in God. I, I believe Jesus is who he said he is. I believe that he loves me, has a plan for my life. But then you forgot, and you started doing the things you wanted to, and then you became blind and nearsighted, and all you saw was the world in front of you. You couldn't see past the world into heaven. You couldn't see past your own desires to a marriage, and so you kept hooking up. Hello? You couldn't see past the desires of your flesh, and you kept spending your money instead of tithing, instead of investing in treasures in heaven. See, the Bible says you become blind and nearsighted. All you see is this little 70 years and the money that you make, the relationships that you have, and you forget that really was about you being forgiven and having eternal life. 
There are people like that here today. There's those who have never met Jesus, and they will go to hell. And then there are those who have known Jesus and have turned away, and they too will go to hell. He says to those, depart from me, I have never known you. And it says on judgment day, they'll say back, but didn't I do all these great things? And he'll say, I don't remember, I don't know you. Because God will forget those who have become unrighteous. Those who have turned their backs on God will suffer a penalty. Can I hear an amen? I want to show you that. Their righteous deeds will be remembered no more. Because some of you may say, well, I've been a Christian. I've done righteous deeds. But the Bible says it will be remembered no more. Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel chapter 18. How many want to see it in the Bible? Can I hear an amen? Come on, get excited. It's the Bible. It's tight, but it's right. You may say, oh, me, oh, my. But it's better if you say amen. Come on, somebody say amen. You know what? I'm glad you have a pastor here today that tells you the truth, right? I could tell you you all were millionaires, but you wouldn't like that so much because that would be a lie, right? You know, I could tell you outside is waiting for you a brand new car. And you would go out there and see your car and be mad at me. Hello. I don't want you to take it out on me. i got to tell you what Peter is saying. Some of you have faith as precious as his, but you've lost it. You've become nearsighted and blind. Here's Ezekiel 18, 24. But if a righteous person turns from their righteousness, okay, we know wicked people go to hell, right? That's already obvious. If you don't have Christ, you go to hell. There's a place called hell, my friends. I don't say it lightly, but it is a part of this conversation. You really can't be honest about heaven unless you talk about hell. You can't be honest about good unless you talk about evil. You can't be honest about God upon the earth unless you talk about the work of the devil upon the earth. This is Jesus' language. Jesus always taught this way. Now look at this. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin and does the same detestable things the wicked person does, will they live? Will will they be blessed? No. None of the righteous things that person has done will be will be remembered because of the unfaithfulness. What's the opposite of faithfulness? Unfaithfulness. You have faith as precious as Peter's when you come to him, when you come to Christ. But if you turn from Christ, you go from being faithful to unfaithful. Because of the unfaithfulness they are guilty of, and because of the same sins they have committed, they will die. You see, they are guilty of unfaithfulness. Today, my friends, you shouldn't walk in fear of losing your salvation like you do your keys. You shouldn't be in fear of losing it like, oh, man, am I not saved anymore? Oh, I made a mistake. Does God not love me? No, we can be confident that God loves us, that he cares for us, because we should be able to look at this Bible and be able to see that we're growing. But those of us who should take heed today of this warning are those who are not growing in this area, these areas. They're making excuses to continue in their sin, and they don't think that it matters very much. See, the one who comes to me and goes, Pastor, I sinned, and I don't know what to do about it. See, that, that, person, that person has a right heart because they, they want to make it right. You know, they're like, I, I, you know, how do I confess my sin? How do I do it right? And I tell them, you know, you pray to God, and, you know, God clears their conscience, and they feel at peace. I, I love that. But the person who goes, what sin? What, what are you talking about? You mean, you mean God has a problem with me having sex with my girlfriend? You, you mean God has a problem if I get drunk on the weekends? You mean God has a problem if I lie, steal, if I don't tell the truth? You mean God has a problem if I'm jealous? Come on, everybody's a sinner. You see that person, it's like, hey, bing, 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 bing. You're having, you're, you're having trouble right now. And if you're not careful, you will be judged with the wicked. You'll be judged with the wicked. Isn't that what it says? 
See, we know the wicked are judged. Everybody goes, hey, everybody knows Hitler's going to hell or he's already there, right? We, we know that. We know ISIS is going to hell if they die. We know that that false religion doesn't lead to heaven. But what about, what about Mr. Goody Two-Shoes that now just starts making some compromises, living detestable just like the wicked? What happens to them? And so what we need to understand is that the growing faith, the living active faith, is the natural faith. God hasn't called you to be unfaithful. If you don't do these seven things and you mess up, ask God to forgive you. That's the benefit of being a Christian. It's forgiveness. Forgiveness is the benefit of a Christian, not a sinner who keeps wanting to get out of jail free card. Well, I'll commit a crime because my dad's the governor. He'll get me out. I'll commit a crime because my dad's the policeman. He won't arrest me. I'll commit a crime because my dad's the warden. He'll unlock the jail cell and let me come out. No, that's not the way it's supposed to be with you and God. You're supposed to say, because my God is the warden, I don't want to go to the jail where he has to take care of bad people. Because my God is like the governor, I don't want to give him a bad reputation among his citizens. Because my God is the king of kings, I will live holy and be Christ-like. I will walk worthy of my calling. And if I mess up, I'll be the first to repent. Christians shouldn't be hypocrites. That, That shouldn't even be a word said among us. Because whenever a Christian sins, we should be the first to go, oh, I'm sorry. That's right. The Bible says don't do that. I did it. And the Bible says now I should say I'm sorry for doing that and truly change. Christians should be the ones setting forth the standard on their job. Let's say you had, you had a work uh, assignment and you didn't get it done on time. You don't lie. You don't say you were sick over the weekend. You tell your boss, my fault. Didn't do what I was supposed to. I got caught up on something else. Will you forgive me? See, bosses will start thinking differently of Christians on the job, won't they? Let's say you're doing customer service and that customer came to you and they're yelling at you and they shouldn't be yelling, but you got to smile and be nice to them. And instead of deleting their account and saying, well, I ain't doing nothing for you, you need to remember your training and go, oh, yeah, that was a mistake the company made. Will you, will you forgive us? Our company should have, shouldn't have done that. We put an extra a month cycle on your bill for this month. That's why you're charged twice. So many times I talk to people in the service industry, when they make mistakes, they can't even say they're sorry. And the best they'll say is, well, the company made a mistake. You see, that is terrible. We should be able to take ownership for our companies and go, we're sorry, or just say, I'm sorry, the company made the mistake. You see, that will show a true Christianity in this world. Hello? Husbands and wives should show each other true Christianity. This is just a freebie. I'm still in the intro to the introduction. Amen? We should be able to say to our husbands and wives, I'm sorry. We should show Christianity in our families instead of trying to tear each other down, prove who's really wrong, who's really in control. We should be the ones to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. I should love you as Christ loves the church, or I should submit to you as the church submits to Christ. Because if we don't do these things, I'm going to say it again. For whoever possesses these qualities in increasing measure, they, uh, whoever, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. If you find yourself slipping away from Christ and you're no longer effective or productive in your knowledge of Jesus, something is wrong. Because if you don't do them, you're nearsighted and blind, forgetting that you've been forgiven of your sins. I don't want to forget that I was forgiven of my sins. I don't want to forget that I was once a sinner lost. I want to be reminded of that and walk humbly before the Lord. And if I were to sin, to know the same God that saved me is the same God that can forgive me. Amen? Therefore, my brothers and sisters, now let me put it all together. He starts off this introduction here. He says he's Simon Peter, a servant, an apostle, that uh, he and the disciples there have the same faith and that they have been given divine power to live a godly life and that they have the divine nature on the inside of them and they're to add these seven things into their spiritual walk and avoid being blind and unproductive. He now says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your 
calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many think Peter was lying here when he said you'll never stumble? Or do you think he was telling us the truth? Literally, if you do the seven things Peter said for you to do, you will never stumble. When is it I stumble when I don't do those things? Is it possible for me to have those seven things in my faith actively growing in my life and for me to stumble? No, it's impossible. That's what Peter said. And he said, you have no different of a faith than me. Because he knew some people, everybody look up at me, please. He knew some people would be in a church like this going, well, that's easy, Pastor. You've got great faith. You've been doing this a while. Or Peter, that's easy for you, Mr. Spiritual Smarty Pants. You walked on water. Who can really do what Peter does? Come on, guys. We're, we're never going to be as good as Peter. And Peter's like, no. You have faith as precious as mine. And you've been given divine power just like I've been given divine power. And yeah, you were naughty in nature just like I was born naughty in nature. But you've been born again in the divine nature. And here's the spiritual growth tips of heaven. These seven things. And if you do them, you'll never ever stumble. So are you tired of stumbling? I'm tired of stumbling. What thing do you want to keep stumbling over right now? What, what thing have you just given up on going, well, I'm cool if I stumble over that. I'm cool. I'm cool with pornography every now and then. You know, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I'm cool with not giving tithe every now and then because God knows. God knows I need it. You know, I'm cool with being bitter towards people who really hurt me because they deserve it. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool, right? What thing have we, what, what, what little compromises have we made to just go, oh, I'm cool with stumbling. I'm cool with it. I'm okay. See, I'm tired of stumbling. How many of you ever stubbed your toe before? How many want to do that again? <laughs> Dude, if they could put that in a pill and give that to people to torture them, that would have the, all of ISIS telling us where the bad guys are. Ah, they're over here. They're in Baghdad. Bomb them or whatever. Dude, it is the worst feeling in the world. I, I don't care how big and strong of a man you are. When that little toe hits the side of your bed frame, when that thing gets hit by the door or something, you are screaming like a child. You are on the floor. You are crying out for mercy, help. And you know what? I'm I don't want to do that again. I don't, I don't in my life right now, I don't ever want to stub my toe again. How many have ever stumbled and fallen in public before? Either in the mall, you know, at a grocery store. You're just walking. Poof, poof. How many have ever done it on the sidewalk? Oh, my gosh. I did it the other day, and I just tried to play it off. I'm, like, I'm good. <laughs> Hurts a little bit, but I'm good. I'll just keep walking to the post office right now. Dude, I fell. I was like, Boom. It hurts. It ain't fun, dude, especially like if you're wearing sandals like chonclugs and your ankle gives out and the thing flips up like that. You know what I'm talking about. It's like, boom. Oh, my goodness. Do you want to do that again? Like, do you want to? Like, is there a part of you that says, yeah, I just want to play sports with my friends and trip and fall in front of everybody? Or ladies, yeah, I want to be the one coming up to get married and stumble and trip on my dress. That would be neat. You've seen the videos, right? Like, of course now We don't want to stumble. So do we want to stumble in life? I mean, let's, make, let's, let's be serious now. Do we want to show our kids our stumbles? Do we, want to watch, do we want our kids to watch us just stumble with a potty mouth the whole time and then bring that to school and get in trouble, and then they got to explain why they know those words? It's because mommy and daddy say it when they get mad. Hello? Do, do we want this kind of life where we hand to our kids where we say, do as I say but not as I do? 
What Peter is teaching us here today is that there's a true change of nature when you're born again and that then there is a true change of behavior as you continue to grow in your faith. And I just want to know today, is there anybody who wants to grow in their faith? Can I hear an amen? Come on, say amen. Do you want to grow up? I want to grow up. Look at this introduction here today. Spiritual growth should be as natural to the Christian as apples are to a healthy apple tree. When you see the apple tree growing, you don't hear it struggling like, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Oh, and here comes a branch, and then the little apple comes out. Oh, pop, and then there's an apple. No, you just, if you have a fruit tree in the back of your house or at the park and you walk by it and see it regularly, it, it just grows naturally. Right now it starts to bud, and then the, the leaves will start to come out, and, and then you'll start to see the fruit come on there. You know, And it's just natural. The Christian life should be like that. We shouldn't be being choked out by the devil. We shouldn't have our roots all sticking out, being all crooked, and be like, God still loves me, you know, just the way I am, all messed up. No, we should be healthy and naturally growing in our marriages, naturally growing with our children, naturally. Everybody say naturally. The healthy child doesn't need to force themselves to grow, and the Christian shouldn't either. I mean, literally, every time I put Zoe down for a nap, it's like she grows a little bit more, a little bit more, because it's natural for healthy things to grow. And you know what? We should grow as a deep, uh, grow in our love for Jesus as a disciple, and we should see that God is leading us to good pastures and pruning us whenever something bad is growing, because how many people know weeds can grow pretty fast, too? And weeds can sometimes grow faster than the garden vegetables, right? Those of you who are doing gardens, I know Adam's mom has like an amazing garden in her backyard with all those spices and oregano, those fresh herbs. Well, guess what? A weed could grow faster than that. So if you start seeing a bad attitude, you need to ask God to prune that out of you. Take that out so that you continue to grow and bear good fruit. Now let's look at the seven things that Peter told us to do. Here are those seven things in review that Peter told us to look at and to see are always growing in our life. Everybody say goodness. Thank you. Goodness is to be good according to the Bible. So add to your faith goodness. Now let me just make sure I got a people here that believe in God. If you believe in God, can I hear amen? Okay, so you got faith. How many got faith here? Okay, so if you've got faith, you've got it as precious as Jesus' faith, as precious as Peter's. Look at it. Knowledge. Somebody say Knowledge. That means to continue to study your word, to grow in the knowledge of God. If I ask some of you, you sports fans right now, tell me the starting lineup for the Cubs or the White Sox, tell me their next home game, etc. you would name it off. You know, where are the Bulls at in the playoffs, whatever. You'd be able to tell me that. But if I ask some of you right now, what is the scripture in the Bible that helps you get over depression? Would you know a scripture to get you over depression? If I said, give me a scripture that helps you get over uh, problems in your family, arguments. Give me a scripture, right? Would you even know the answer to the problems of your life? You better study the words. Let me say study. Thank you. Self-control means to not be addicted to anything earthly. You shouldn't be addicted to sex. You shouldn't be addicted to food. You should have self-control, and God gave you that control. Perseverance, never give up. How many know you make the choice to give up? How many know you can make the choice not to give up? You ever had doubts before? Have you ever doubted your doubts? You need to learn how to doubt your doubts. You need to learn how to quit your quit. You can Maybe a little doubt comes in your mind. Well, maybe going to church really don't do anything. You need to doubt that. Maybe me thinking about not going to church, not doing anything, is not a good thing to think about. <laughs> Have you ever doubted your doubts? Man, maybe, maybe, maybe reading the Bible doesn't work. Man, maybe thinking about not reading the Bible, not working, doesn't work. Hello, doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts and quit your quit. 
godliness. What do you think is more scandalous, for Jesus to say that you're saved or Jesus to say that you're godlike? See, I think godliness is even more scandalous than salvation. Let me just talk to you about the scandal of the gospel here for a little bit because I don't think you understand the word godly. Because so many want, want to be like Lady Gaga. So many people want to be like Donald Trump. So many people want to be like the next superstar. Everybody wants to be like somebody rich and famous now. Somebody wants to be like the next person that everybody looks up to. But how about being like God? How about being like him? How about having power but having control of it? How about having humility? How about being godly? Now, here's the scandal of the gospel. We're brought up in a generation, we're brought up that if you don't earn it, if you don't work for it, you don't deserve it. So people look at homeless people all the time and go, man, they don't deserve it. They, if they wanted it, they would work like me. Come on, somebody. We grow up in a generation where it's like that company closes, they deserve to close. They don't do it as good as Johnny's. You know, that hot dog stand, they try to do it like Johnny's. They can't do it like Johnny's. They can't make it like Jamie's. We're, we're like, you deserve to close. But you know what? The gospel is so scandalous, God says, you deserve wrath, but I'm going to still give you mercy. You deserve to fail. You deserve to go to hell. You deserve to be punished. But I'm going to save your little sorry behind. I'm going to, no, listen. He said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't, he didn't save you when you smelled all good. He didn't save you when you looked all clean for church. He saved you in your most darkest, deepest pit of wickedness when you stank like the devil. Jesus said, I love them. Devil, you can't have them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, that's scandalous right there. You're thinking right now God's that guy at, at Michigan Avenue sending, selling you that fake Rolex. That's because I'm telling you, that's a scam, isn't it? Hey, man, I got a Rolex. How much? Ten bucks. Oh, really? No, come on. That's fake. You know it's fake because you don't get a Rolex for ten bucks. And some of you, you hear this. You hear that Jesus saves sinners, and you're like, no, there's got to be some strings attached. What do I got to do, Jesus? Do I got to pray seven times a day? Do I got to give all my money to church? God, come on. You, you just don't give stuff away to sinners, do you, Jesus? Because then any old sinner could get saved. You must only save real good sinners, people who work at it and then really impress you, right, God? You're like that father that doesn't like me unless I win the game, so you're going to pick me and choose me if I win, right? Then you'll like me and say, good job, son. No, 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 see, you don't get it. See, the scandal of the gospel, the scandal of it, the thing that's a mystery is that God says to all of us as sinners, I choose you, not because of any righteous thing you have done, but because I am love. God says, I am love. And we come to the cross, not with our trophies saying, pick me, please. We, we don't come with our singing an American Idol and say, vote for me. No, we, we come with our wickedness and say, do you still want me? Then forgive me because I can't save myself. That's how we come. Now, what is the bigger scandal? That he loves us and saves us? Or that now he loves us and says, now you can be God-like. See, because he takes it to a whole nother level. He could just say, he could have been just a loving, kind God and just say, okay, I save you. You're no longer going to hell. But the rest of the 70 years on this, on this planet, get ready to keep fighting temptation and never winning. Get ready to always be depressed. Get ready to always be messed up in your marriage. Get ready because you're still going to have hell on earth. But what is the scandal within the scandal is that he goes, I'm not finished yet. I'm going to teach you a prayer. You're going to pray to my father and you're going to glorify his name. And then you're going to say, 
your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God wants godly people on this earth so that his kingdom can come. I think that's the greatest scandal, the greatest mystery I'll ever understand, is that he didn't just save me and leave me out in the front yard and say, you'll just be my pet. He saved me and said, I'm going to make you just like me. I'm going to make you just like my son, Jesus. I'm going to have you be like me. So when you hear that word godly, don't you forget what that means. It means like God. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And that's why we now can have brotherly love to treat others as we want to be treated. And then lastly, love itself, the greatest attribute of God. We now have the opportunity to add these seven things to our life. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. Because if we do these things in increasing measure, we will never stumble. How many want to increase and grow? Look at your neighbor and say, that was just the introduction. Okay, let's get ready to preach today. How many want the message now? Come on. How many want it? That's the introduction. Here it is. Here it is, simply said, how do you grow? As easy as one, two, three. Number one, you got to believe in Jesus. you got to believe he is who he said he is. The Bible says he is our great God and Savior. Who here believes today that Jesus is your great God and Savior? You see, then by definition, you are saved. You have faith. If you don't believe that, you need to doubt your doubts. You need to study the word. You need to come to a place you submit yourself and say, he is Lord and I am not. But for those of us who believe that, I want to ask you the next question. Do you believe what Peter said, that you've been given everything you need for a godly life and that you are a partaker in the divine nature? Does any Christian believe that today? How many Christians believe it? Can I hear an amen? Whoa, come on. Do you believe it? And then how many believe now you can do what Jesus said you can do? That you can add these seven things to your faith. How many believe goodness is not something that's so far out of your reach that you can't do it now? How many believe that godliness is not impossible? How many believe that these things are now possible with Christ and that you really don't have to keep walking around in darkness, stumbling on things, hurting yourself and others and not knowing what to do about it? How many believe you can add these attributes of faith to your life? Now, if you believe that, you have to remember these two things, that number one, your spiritual nature and identity is not the same as your spiritual maturity and growth. And here's just the way I want you to see this. When you were born again, you were born again the right way. Christ changed you on the inside. That is now your nature. That's your nature. You were born naughty by nature, but born again in divine nature. And then that's who you are. You are a child of God. You are a saint. You're no longer a sinner. Can I show you that? Can somebody say, show it to me? I'd love to show it to you. Come on, turn with me right now to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 1. Look at what Paul said. Look at what Paul said about the Christians that were among him at that time. He said that they were sanctified. I I have it from here. Thank you, my brother. Look at 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. Look at it as as Paul, rather, writes to these Christians. And look at what he says to them. First... uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brothers the Thosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those who are what? Sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this. That word right there, called to be his holy people. Look at it, what it says in another translation, those of you who are used to the old school world word saints. Look at it. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, that was a city. To those who are what? Sanctified, past tense, cleansed from sin. That big word sanctified means you're cleansed from sin in Christ Jesus. Called to be what? 
What are you called to be? We may be Bears fans, but we're what? Saints. Come on, somebody. I used to live in New Orleans. I had to say a little New Orleans joke there. Okay. We're Bears fans, but we are saints. That's what God called you to be. Are you a saint or an ain't? Come on, I might need to go a little southern on you right now, but I got to get some, get some knowledge to you. Because if you ain't a saint, then you're just making excuses to stay a sinner. Well, God said I could live holy. I ain't doing that. God commanded you to wait until you get married, right? I ain't doing that to have sex. I ain't doing that. So are you a saint or an ain't? God said read your Bible and pray. I ain't doing that. You all get the joke now. Are you a saint or a ain't? Uh, what are you? Come on, don't tell God you ain't doing that. Pardon my English, Chicagoans. I know you all sophisticated up here. <laughs> but don't tell God you an ain't. You, an, you can be who God called you to be. Believe that you're a saint. When you came to Christ, that's who you were. But the difference is, and this is not hypocrisy. Listen, this is not hypocrisy. But the difference is between our nature and our maturity is that we don't always act like who we are. My son is a Wyrostic, but he doesn't always act like a Wyrostic. Uh, I think just last Wednesday in, in King's Kids, he got a timeout because he came on the stage wanting to be like his dad. You can't blame him, wanting to be a preacher. But then they said, get off the stage. And he probably did something sassy like, come get me, you know, and run around. And that got him a timeout. Now, he is a Wyrostic by very nature. You can't get more Wyrostic than him. He, I mean, does him and I look alike? What do you think? If you have seen my son, right? He is of my flesh. He is of my DNA. His nature is done. It is complete. He is a Wyrostic. No changing that now. No X-Men, no morphine around here. Amen? No, no, no nuclear waste is going to change him into the it or whatever, the swamp thing. He is my son. My son. But he doesn't always act like it. Here's the thing, Christians are Christians, born again, made like God, changed in their nature, but don't always act like it. The hypocrisy is when they don't confess it. The hypocrisy is when you don't stay accountable. The hypocrisy is, is when you say, I don't make mistakes, and everybody around you can see that you are doing those wrong things. And so what do I try to do as a pastor? What, what, what does a pastor do by definition? What does the pastor do? The pastor, by definition, sets an example of what a Christian looks like. That's what I'm supposed to do. Have there been mistakes in my life? Yes, but what have I set an example of? Apologizing and repenting for my mistakes. Does everybody get that? What does a father do? What does a mother do? They set the example to their children as a Christian. And then they, if they make a mistake, they apologize. And then the next thing I want you to see is that big word, sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Thank you. It means freedom from sin and being made holy. It's not the same as your transformation, living free from sin and acting holy. Everybody say sanctification and transformation, two different things. See, my son will transform as he grows to become more like his daddy if he wants to be a preacher. And he'll get on the stage when he has permission, and he'll get off when he's supposed to get off, right? And he'll listen to his mommy, and he'll go to Bible college. And if he wants to be a preacher, he'll do the things I had to do, right? That, that you will see, those of you in this church, as time goes on, I would love to see 20 years from now that young boy preaching. How many would like to see that? Amen? If he wants to be something else, that's fine. But I'm just going to tell you I would be really excited if he's a preacher, okay? 
Because you know what, you know, uh, uh, being a preacher is a little bit hard, and I want my son working with me. I look at these guys, father and son, you know, doing these reality shows together. Like there was a pawn show, you know, Pawn Stars, and I see these father and sons. I'm like, oh, I want to do that with Lucas so bad. I want to do that with Lucas, little Lucas. We go preach. You ready to go preach? You know, anyways, and every, every father has, and, and, you know, mother has dreams for their kids, and I'm okay with anything he does. But you get the point here. The transformation of your life is different from the sanctification. The sanctification is that instantaneous thing that God did. He sanctified you. Another word similar to that is justified you. Another word is redeemed. He cleansed you. He, he changed you. That's, that's really what God is saying to us in those passages. But when he talks to us as he does in 2 Peter through, through this passage here, he's saying, but your transformation goes on throughout your life. It is not that you're trying to become a better person. It's that you're learning to be the person God already made you to be. Can I show you that in the Bible? Amen. Come on. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. How many masterpieces do I have in the church today? How many people know this Bible verse? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Look at it. And I'm going to show you in a modern translation, the New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. What are you? Now, I don't want to be vulgar, but people will look at you sometime, sometimes and go, you are a piece of Blink. Hello. But is that what God calls you? No, he says you are a masterpiece. What does that word literally mean in the English? Just think about that. You are the master's piece. You, you, you have been the work of a da Vinci. You have, you have become the painting of a Van Gogh. You are a piece that belongs to a master. Now watch. For we are God's masterpiece. We are. Christians living today as saints, not dead. We don't become saints when we die. We become saints when we become born again. We don't become divine in our nature, sharing in godliness when we're in heaven. We do it now upon the earth. See, we are God's workmanship or masterpiece here. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. So am I trying to now do good things so that Christ will now say, you're my masterpiece? Or am I made God's masterpiece to do good things? A, let's go A or B here, okay? A says, I'm junk, but I'm going to keep doing good things, and one day God will point to me and say, you're a masterpiece. Or B, does God say, masterpiece, you called on my name, I've changed you, and now he says, now do good things. A or B? B. So when we look at spiritual growth, what is spiritual growth really all about? Spiritual growth is really these concepts that we need to just put in simple terms. Spiritual growth is knowing and showing. Knowing and showing. Here's the definition of spiritual growth. The process of transformation by which the disciple increases in their knowledge of God and shows it by living holy. Get this example. Every time the believer learns something new about God as it pertains to his will for their life and lives it out, they grow and transform. And so we're going to remember that transformation is not becoming a better person, but rather acting like the person Jesus already made us to be. First, Christians are made God's masterpiece, and second, they do his works. Another example is to think about Jesus, the perfectly virgin-born Jesus. How many love Jesus? How many believe he was born perfect? But the Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature. He didn't come out of his mother's womb as a grown man. <sighs> Hello, Mary, here I am. How many are glad he didn't do that to Mary? Hello? 
He came out as a baby, sweet baby Jesus. And then he grew up to little adolescent Jesus. Then he grew up to preteen Jesus, acne Jesus, right? Then he became teenage Jesus. His voice was changing Jesus. And then he became young man Jesus. And then he became manly Jesus. And he never sinned. And he grew in his wisdom. And he grew in his body. And the Bible says that's our example because when we were born again, we were born again with a perfect spirit. When Jesus made us anew, did we get a sinful spirit? Were we born again, again a sinner? Or were we born again now a saint? You were born first time as a sinner. You don't get born again a sinner again. You get born again a saint. How many like to see that in the Bible? I just should just show you the Bible without asking if you want to see it. But I want to see if anyone's excited because I'm excited. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews. It is not about a brewery, by the way. If you ever listen to the word Hebrews, nobody. I don't think anybody got that. Nobody. Did anybody get it? Like my, the peanut gallery here, my side sec. The amen corner. It's not about a brewery. Hebrews. What do you do at a brewery? You brew beer? Hebrew. I should have just, my face is so red right now. That's why I don't tell jokes. If you ever listen to Moody Radio, like they tell jokes, those pastors are always telling jokes. Those Baptist guys got good jokes. Us Pentecostals, we just sweat and yell a lot. Love Jesus, Jesucristo, fuego, fuego. Amen. You know when I start speaking Spanish, the Espiritu Santo has come. The Espiritu Santo is here. Ahora, when I start speaking Spanish. It won't make a lot of sense, but it does to me. My corazón, it feels so right. Look at this. To the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. Does anybody have their name written in heaven? Is heaven expecting you? Have you been born again? And they go, yep, Joe Irostic, November 5th, 1995, we made your reservation. Did God write your name in heaven? That's what happens when you get born again, right? Now look, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. How did God make our new spirits? Perfect. Go to John chapter 3, verse 3. Vinny, would you come and help me close it out? Look at John chapter 3, verse 3. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're what? Born again. How are we born again? By the Spirit. It says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to what? Spirit. And so we see that our spirits, according to Hebrews 12, 23, are born again what? Born again perfect. Somebody say perfect. How's your spirit born again? Perfect. That's what spiritual birth is, right? A perfect new you. Do you always live like it? Do you always live like you're perfect? No, so you need to grow up. You need to grow up before Jesus throws up. Can I show you that scripture? I'm going to get sassy. Can I get a little sassy before we go? You got to grow up before Jesus is going to throw up. There's like a gospel preacher on the inside of me. Sometimes that got to come out. Look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. I know sometimes I got to confuse people. They're like, he's white, but he preaches black and he speaks Spanish. What's going on with him? I have no idea. I haven't figured it out. I'm unique. I'm special. <laughs> Look at this. Look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about ready to spit you out my mouth. You see, that's why we got to grow up before God throws up. 
The growing up means we don't stay lukewarm. We don't stay where we're at. We keep growing. We know that Jesus loves us, but we don't use it as an excuse to sin. We show Jesus back that we love him by doing what he commands. We show our love for him by obeying him. How many remember that's in the Bible? Can I show you? Oh, man, I'm going to be here for a minute. Can I show you a couple more scriptures? Look at 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, it says, Those who love him truly are the ones who keep his commands. The ones who say they love him but do not keep his commands are a liar. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. That's 1 John 2, 4. But anyone, somebody say, I'm an anyone. Come on, but anyone who obeys his word, love for God, is truly made complete in them. You want to know what that word complete means? How many people want to guess what that means? It means perfect. Look at it right here. Whoever keeps his word truly, uh, whoever, but whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is what? Perfected in them. You have been made perfect by love. Now it's time for you to love God perfectly. I'm going to say that again. Perfect love has made you a new person. Jesus had perfect love for you. He did the will of God. Remember he was there at the Garden of Gethsemane? The pressure and stress that was on him. Think about how much pressure was on him that he sweat blood. He's a real man, y'all. He's the God man, but he did not come in God-like power as Superman. He came as a man. He humbled himself as God and took on our sufferings to feel what it would feel like. He was under so much stress, he sweat blood, and they say it's medically possible to do that. He sweat blood. He cries out to the Father. He sees what the cross is going to be like. He cries out. He says, Father, if there's another way, I'll do it because, you know, this is going to hurt. And you know, Let me know. But nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. So perfect love made us perfect, made us born again. Our spirits were made perfect. And now God is saying to us, do you want to love him perfectly? And when we don't, he still loves us. It's okay. My son doesn't always love me perfectly. I feel like I have it more together than he does. How many parents can relate to that? You love them in a more perfect way than they love you. They can love you very perfectly at like 3 a.m. when they're sleeping sound asleep. That's like the most beautiful moment ever. Oh, they're just so perfect. They're so perfect. Look at them. But how many know 3 in the afternoon, it ain't so perfect? It ain't so perfect. That's when I hear my wife homeschooling in the basement all the way upstairs, two floors. Up. Ah, I can hear her all the way up there. And I'll just send her a little text. Peace be still. <laughs> I am so serious. Peace be still. Send. And then I'll hide my phone because I'm like, I don't want to see what she sends back. I'm going to go hide somewhere in the bathroom because I don't know what day it is today. Let's keep it real. So, yeah, we don't always act like who we are. But perfect love has been given to us, so let's love perfectly. Let's not make an excuse for our weakness, our doubts, and our inability to love him. We can when we truly want to. And so now what is faith? Faith is that gift that grows. Mankind cannot choose, excuse me, mankind cannot choose faith unless God freely gives it by his grace first. No sinner can save themselves on their own merit. Jesus has to save them. But yet, he gives us a choice whether or not we want to be saved. Can I give you some attributes of faith in closing? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Choose faith and choose to grow in your faith. Can I tell you the necessity of faith? It is impossible to please God without faith because the one who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
So why are we adding these things to faith? See, look at what it says here. Remember, we have the faith as precious as Peter. And then it says, look right here. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your what? Faith. Why are we adding things to our faith? Because faith can grow. See, all of us have precious faith like Peter. But probably all of us haven't grown our faith like Peter's. See, there's the mic drop moment right there. Isn't that good? Let's keep it real. We all got a body, if we're healthy, like the rock. But not all of our muscles in our body look like the rock right now. Hello. Now, I would use a J-Lo example, but that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be fair to the gringas here. You know what I'm saying? That wouldn't be fair because some are just not made that way. The, you know, Latinos, you guys have been blessed in some ways, and I want to be gross and disgusting. But you know what I'm saying? But here's our way of trying to get even with you guys. We go tanning. We try to darken our skin a little bit. I'm just telling on white people right now. I used to tan. All my friends out hang out, we would all tan. But anyways, moving on. We all have muscles. But we all don't look like the rock because we don't grow our muscles. Aside if he does steroids, because you know he changed about five years ago, right? It went to a whole nother level. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on, rock, you know. But let's just assume, you know, because I know I got a lot of rock fans in here. Okay, let's assume he's doing it all natural, right? I don't look like the rock. I could, but I don't. Why don't I? Because I don't add to my muscles exercise, discipline, self-control in my diet. Right? Hello? That's why I don't look like the rock. See, that's why today Peter is saying, you have faith just as precious as mine, but you better add to your faith and grow your faith if you want it to do what mine does. So you want to do what Peter did? Do what, uh, you want to have what Peter had in his life with faith? Do what Peter did. Add these things to your life. Don't get discouraged. Just say, Lord, help me to grow. Everybody say, help me to grow, Jesus. And that's where, in closing, I want you just to see those things and be honest with yourself right now. In closing, we're getting ready to go. Come on, right here. Where do you need to grow? Where are the areas of your life right now where you would be honest and say, my faith is lacking in those ways? Some of us men have seen the guys who always do upper body but no legs, got little skinny chicken legs. See, there may, there may be some of you here today, you're like, I'm knowledgeable. I know the Bible. I know the Bible. But you ain't good with the Bible. You're mean to everybody. There are some of you here today, you're like, man, I am never giving up. I'm never giving up. But you hate people. You get angry all the time. You don't have brotherly love. There's others of you here today that say, man, I come to church. I read my Bible. I'm always going to live for Jesus. But you can't control your diet. You can't control your addictions. God is saying, grow up. Be transformed. It's cool to give a baby a bottle, but it ain't cool when you give a grown man a bottle, right? It's cool to change diapers on a baby. It ain't cool to change your best friend's diapers, right? I mean, if they're healthy. I'm not talking about people who have been hurt in life or, you know, handicapped. I'm being honest. You know, you're healthy. If I just said, come change my diaper, isn't that gross? But isn't that how some Christians live? And so I wanted to take time, and it is kind of like a second introduction here, because I wanted us to really understand what these seven things are and why it's so important. Our faith should be growing. God says it's impossible to please him without that faith, and God has given it to us, so there's no excuse. And I know when I look at this list, instantly things pop out. And if we were to be honest, let's just, everyone look at me, please, let's be honest. There's probably areas in each one of these things we need to grow. Because I'm good to you, what, for an hour? Unless I keep you too long, then you get hungry, and then you're, I ain't good to you, right? Pastor, ain't no good. 
Why ain't Pastor Joe ain't no good? Because he goes past 12 o'clock. I'm so hungry. Come on, look at your neighbor and see if they've been missing any meals. You're you're all right. You're going to make it. You will make it through this service right now. Trust me, most of you have enough reserve to get us through the apocalypse. (laughs) I ain't pointing no fingers, but I, I got my bestie in the back over there. An elbow. No, I'm kidding. I used to be a portly fellow myself. Man, I can, I'm telling you, I could can, I can live through the zombie apocalypse. I could make it. But look, I, I, let's see, if I'm going to be honest, this is why I want to be real honest. See, I go to goodness, and I go, yeah, I'm good to my church on Sundays. How am I with my kids Sunday night, though? Around 9 o'clock, it's time for bed. We've been to two services, been here since around 9, leaving here around 5. The commute, the dinner. Now Lucas is not brushing his teeth. He's running around with his toothbrush all upstairs. How many know that's when I need to grow in goodness? Right? And I could just, I know I could go down through each one of these. Knowledge, yeah, I know a lot about the Bible. I know a lot about this. Oh, but the Bible says, watch, watch. This is a scripture. I, I know it, but I, do I really know it? It says, it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ does the church. Do I really know that like I should? Hmm. Self-control? Man, when was the last time I lost my temper? Yeah, I don't cuss anymore. Yeah, I could, you know, get a check mark for that. When was the last time I yelled, right? Perseverance? Okay, I'm not going to give up on church and Jesus. That's pretty much a settled thing. But have I given up on things God told me to do? How many things have God told you to do privately? It's between you and him, right? Like, Joe, I want you to get up at 6 a.m. and pray to 7. You know, God, God says, I want you to, you know, cut this out of your life. And I could go through each one of these. Would we all just right now just kind of look at them? I know them, you know, because I've studied them before. But if you do, you can close your eyes too. But if you don't, look at them and just start asking the Lord, what do I need to work on? Band, would you come, please? Come on, we're going to close out. Now, remember, we're not changing to become better people. We're changing because God has made us his sons and daughters. Goodness, goodness, knowledge, self-control. God, what are these areas we need to grow in? Come back next week. We're going to start learning ways to do these. I'm going to start showing you how to look at your devotional times, reading your Bible, praying, all of these simple things the Bible talks about what Christians should do and how you can tackle a lot of these things in those uh, spiritual exercises. Matter of fact, most spiritual exercises I'll show you in this sermon series will grow all seven of these at once. They're literally full body, spirit, full spirit body workouts. A few more moments of your introspection, though. Show us our hearts, God. Show us where we need to grow. Where's the transformation going to start this week? My goal is that by the end of this sermon series, you will see true transformation. Not that you just came to good preaching and, you know, heard good preaching or, you know, enjoyed the services, but you'll really see transformation in your marriage, in your parenting, how you treat others on your job, your neighbors, even your enemies, those who, you know, hurt you and say things about you. Just a few more moments. Jesus, talk to us. You're the star of the show. They've been hearing my voice, but I pray they hear your voice. Your voice that knows every heart. Jesus.
In closing, I just want to share this with you. When we truly know God, we will grow and show the world that Jesus lives in us. When we truly know him, we will grow in him and show him to the world. If you're ready to grow by showing and knowing God, would you just stand up with me and raise your hands and say, Lord, grow in me today. Come on, grow in me today, Jesus. Start in this church right now. Grow in us, whatever areas we've all dealt with. We raise our hands as a sign of surrender, and we say, grow us, God. Help us to know you more and to show you to this world. In the name of Jesus, right now, right now, name out those areas, saints. Come on, just name them out. It's not a library. Before we go, you name them out. Lord, grow my marriage. Grow me as a husband. Grow me as a wife, a a mother, father. Come on, grow me, Jesus. Grow me, Lord, on my jobs. Come on, say it, saints. Pray. God wants to hear your voice today. I encourage you, talk to him. Talk to him. It doesn't matter if you don't have all the right words. Just say, God, I want to grow today. Altar workers, would you come, please? I want to grow, Jesus. I want to grow in my marriage. I want to grow in my fatherhood, Jesus. Jesus, I want to grow to be like you. I want to grow to be like you in all that I do. I want to grow up like Jesus grew up. I don't make excuses for my mistakes today. I want to repent and change them so that this church can at least point to one pastor they know and say, yeah, he may not always live perfect, but he's sure, he's sure honest about it. He sure tells us about it. I'm looking for parents today that want to show a real Christianity to their kids, not a hypocrisy. And they can say, yeah, I don't always live like it, but I know God changed me. And he'll change you. He'll make you new. Let's put up those words to this song we're going to sing. I'm new because you made me new. 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 I'll never be the same again. Come on, I'm new. And I'm new because you made me new. Let's put up the words, please. Come on. I'm new because you made me new. Never be the same. It doesn't matter if you can sing or not. Sing it out today. I'm new because you made me new. I'm new because you made me new. Yes, I'm new because you made me new. And I'll never be the same. Just a few more times. I'm new. I'm new because you made me new. I'm new. I'm new because you made me new. I'm new. I'm new because you made me new. So never be the same. One more time, I'm new. I'm new because you made me new. I'm new because you made me new. I'm new because you made me new. Now just the guitar and the fellas. Fellas, sing it out. I'm new because you made me new. Come on, fellas. Just the men of God in this place. I'm new because you made me Come on, one more time, men. Men, one more time, sing it out. Oh, you know that I'm new. New cause you made me new. I'm new cause you made me new. Now just the ladies, just the ladies, sing it out, daughters of Zion. Come on, ladies. Any women new in this place? Come on, sing it out again, women. Today. I'm new because you made me new. Yes. 
Now everybody out loud, come on. I'm new because you made me new. Everybody, let's sing before we leave today. We Jesus, I pray today that we leave here new and living the new lives you've given us. May we not believe what the devil says, what our minds say, or what the world says. You have delivered us from corruption and evil desires. You have given us your divine nature so we can live a godly life today. May our faith grow and increase in those seven ways. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, can you shout hallelujah? Slap your neighbor high five and say I'm new because he made me new. You are dismissed. God bless you. If you need prayer, come on up. Otherwise, thank you for coming. Have a great week. If you need prayer, come on up now. We'll pray for you for any need. Leave up the word.